Well, what's going on today, Danielle? Besides your new mic that you've gotten, the Shure SM7B, just so that you can be like Michael Jackson and all the famous rock stars who have used that mic. Well, I am a rock star, so it's it's suitable. <laughs> that is a very true statement. And speaking of rock stars and being sexy, today we're talking about, well, we're myth-busting the sexiness of being an entrepreneur because there's so much, I don't know, um, rhetoric or information out there that how great it is, which it definitely is great. But if you get into it and you expect all that greatness to happen, then you will be sorely disappointed, most likely. So we're going to talk about, I don't know how many, we have um, maybe five or five topics or five things that will myth bust the sexiness. We don't want to deter you, if you're listening to this, from being an entrepreneur, or if you already are one, you can agree and you can comment in our show notes. But we do think that it would be a public service to at least be a little honest about the truth behind the behind the scenes. Because you had a lady or somebody who messaged you on Instagram said that you're very inspiring and all these things. And you said, yeah, that, that is true, but you don't see the 90 hours I'm standing, <laughs> standing at the uh, the show you just did in my heels and can't mm-hmm. talk cause I'm hoarse or the late night because somebody can't show up in the morning and you might have to show up to clean the house. Yeah. 100% Brandon. That's a great start to it because as I said to you this morning, I am exhausted today and it's taken me two days to get over hustling for the last 72 hours from Friday to Sunday at the Toronto National Home Show. So our company was there obviously for exposure, for marketing, um, getting you know our email list built up, things like that, um, which all businesses do. But people forget the hard work that it takes. So Brandon and I thought it would be a great idea today to, yeah, just kind of talk about the unglamorous side of being an entrepreneur because everybody has all over their social media that, you know, they're now an entrepreneur, they're now a business owner. Um, they have some kind of business and they think they're going to get rich real quick, or they think that, you know, the second they become an entrepreneur, they can go and buy a Lamborghini and spend a thousand dollars at dinner and whatever other myths or things that people are promoting on social media. But being completely honest, it's not the case. And As Brandon said, we're not trying to deter you from being an entrepreneur because 99% of the time it is amazing. Um, But that's also why you need the passion behind it because that's really what keeps you going a lot of the time when things are not so glamorous or you're not becoming rich within three days of opening your business um, or you're not able to buy that Lamborghini within the first year of your business. So um, we're going to get into it today. And the first thing that I do want to share is really the fact that there are days where you have zero control over your time. Um, like I was saying, I'm, I'm exhausted today. Um, I was on my feet from probably 9 a.m. until 10 p.m. every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at this show. So I was really behind on emails. I was really tired. So yesterday morning, typically speaking, I wake up, I go on the Peloton, I get my day started about 5 a.m. And then I'm ready to go by 8 a.m. to handle business, 
market, lunches, whatever comes with that. And yesterday morning, I woke up. I was exhausted. I did not go on my Peloton. And I had so many emails and projects and contracts to review and things to deal with that literally I was, I woke up, I put on my Lulu, um, Lulu pants and my Lulu hoodie. And I sat in my office from 5.30 a.m. until about seven o'clock last night. And I had about four coffees. I didn't eat lunch. And I just, you know, I sat in there all day just to try and catch up. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen once a year. It probably happens a couple times a month where, you know, maybe one day just gets hectic and you have to catch up because at the end of the day, it's on you. And even if you have a business where you have people who are, you know, in specific roles to help you with these things, at the end of the day, you still have to do these things. You can't just check out for days on end just because you feel like it or because you've already done something, you know, at a show. Like I worked my ass off for those three days, but I still have another whole shit ton of work to do after doing that. So those are the unglamorous days that come with it. And the fact that you really don't have control over your time a lot of the time when you need to get these things done because you could lose clients, you could screw up a contract, you could lose an employee, whatever comes with that. Um, you have to get that done. So if you're doing something else, you better be prepared to catch up and maybe not wake up and have a shower and work out and put on your makeup and your nice clothes and that you're going to be sitting in your jammies all day getting all of those things done. So that's kind of my first point in the fact that you don't have control over your time a lot of the time. Well, I agree. But I was, and I was thinking if a listener was listening to this and thinking, well, you didn't design your business right, Danielle, because you didn't write it to scale. I think Danielle has more processes and procedures. She's actually writing a whole book about it right now that it's not about that. It's, uh, what do you have, 50 employees now? Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking a company with 50 employees. When I had 50 employees, even 100 employees, you're still going to, yes, you have managers and yes, you have people to manage down the line of the smaller issues. But if you want to grow your business and you actually and want it to be profitable, you're going to have to be involved. It is not a magic. Uh, it's, it's not magic. I, I've tried it. I tried to just let it roll. And, you know, it can work, but it's not, it's never going to be the same without you. And even CEOs of public companies are working every day. And it, it's that it's your presence, it's your vision, it's your leadership. And that's what it requires. It's not just a, an idea. Hey, we're going to clean houses and we're going to build a company. Like mm, It's way more complicated than that. So I agree with that, that that is uh, part of the myth-busting process or part of our show today. The uh, I'm a little slow because I don't know why. I think that, that time change really screwed me up. I hope that I hope that in the United States, at least they vote that this is the last year that that's going to happen. It's amazing how one hour can really throw you off. The um, thing that I'm going to say is overnight success. People say this, but people don't realize it, that it really takes probably in my estimation. Now I, I I'm in technology, so it can, it can happen faster, but my companies that I've started have really taken like four to five to six to seven years before they're profitable, predictably profitable. Mm -hmm. Not meaning that you 
couldn't, I've gotten companies profitable in the first four years, but it was, you know, iffy. It wasn't predictable. Like, Hey, I know we're going to do that next year. It was, we're going to have to really work hard. So there's no overnight successes here. And if you want to think about companies that are super successful that you're like, Oh, well, I want to be like that. Well, let's just go down the line and I might get some of these wrong, Danielle and listeners. So you can correct me in the description, but Amazon started Amazon, which everyone knows and every, everybody wants to be an e-commerce brand as big or a store like Amazon 1994. Mm-hmm. So yes, they did grow fast. I was there for it. I was one of the first affiliates and they grew fast, but you know, there was nobody else on the internet quite candidly, not a lot of people. We had message boards in 1994, I, I started my company in 1996, and it was just a small community. So there wasn't a lot of people selling books online. So to say they had a captive market, but there weren't a lot of people online quite c- candidly. So they didn't get huge for two decades. Mm-hmm. If you look at Apple Computer, everybody now, Apple's the sexy brand. It has all this cool stuff. Uh, when did they start? 1976. Star Wars, the first Star Wars didn't even come out yet before Apple was there. And they stumbled. Steve Mm -hmm. left. Everybody's probably heard that story. FedEx, arguably one of the most successful delivery companies of all time. I think uh, Fred Smith actually got a deal on that business plan. Started in 1971. uh, 2023, like do the math how long it's taken to. And they didn't start delivering package right out of the gate. Airbnb, I think Airbnb was 2008. 2008, they didn't really know what their first business was going to be. And they, they, I think they got something like 50 rejection letters from investors. And people just didn't even understand what it was like, hey, I'm going to rent the place out of my house. It sort of made sense, but it took a minute to get traction. Uh, America Online, America Online really took 10 years, 10 years before they actually became the giant that they did on the internet. In fact, they were in, I think, three other businesses. There's a great book by Steve, a case that you can read about that. I keep going down the the, uh, Reddit. Reddit, when they first opened, which is pretty much now, like I think people would agree, the de facto message board, if you will, of the internet, other than Twitter, which is more like the town square type thing, but <laughs> um, Reddit didn't have didn't have any a lot of well they didn't have any users, and it took a while for them to get that going. So these are just examples of the reality. To say yes, you can be successful, and yes, I have I have grown a business in eighteen months from zero to twelve million dollars. But you know the the secret of that one is is when you have a service business and you get yourself a contract right up front, but that's not the end all of end all. I didn't like check out and go ride my bike. I mean, it was an enormous amount of work to do that and it required the continuation of that. So there's, you're not, you're not going to just build something and put it on ride. I know that Tim Ferriss has the four hour work week and I think it's a great book. But it is very hard to achieve mm-hmm. what is outlined in in that book at a level of of continued growth and sustainability from profitability. I mean, and we could go down the line. Uh, what's his name? 
I don't know if you follow him, Danielle. Uh, Noah Kagan, I think is his name. He does AppSomo. He has, he puts out daily deals for small businesses that you get these incredible deals. I think his email list is over a million uh, entrepreneurs now. And he was, I think he was the original marketer at Mint, which was bought by Intuit. And, And he's published actually that marketing plan for listeners out there that are interested. But my point is, is that that wasn't an overnight success. It's taken him years to build that. And I just wanted to, you know, give an example of an online sort of SMB, if you will, business that that just didn't happen overnight. So mm-hmm. yeah, you could get a viral video or something like that, but to build a sustainable business is going to take you a minute. So just be prepared. I don't think you and I, Danielle, are saying it's not worth it. We're just saying don't don't be shocked when you're not putting a million dollars a year in your bank account right away. And if you can do it, we want to hear the story because I'd love to see that plan. Well, and I mean, Brandon, I I just want to add to that too. When you first start a business, getting to that first million is your hardest. And to some people, and I'm going to be honest, I thought when I hit, like when I first started my business and I decided I was going for it and I was going to do it, I thought when I hit a million dollars, I was like retired, you know, and I I think uh, people hear a million dollars startups, they think, oh my God, a million dollars like would change my life in revenue. And it, and it's great. And that is a great moment of success when you first hit that. It's a milestone and it is something that needs to be a con, like celebrated and, and congratulated. But if you really want a sustainable business, you can't just focus on hitting that first million. You're going to have to hit 10, 15, 25 million. I'm still growing our business. Like our next goal is 15 million and we'll get there. We have a plan in place. We know we're going to get there. That's no problem. But even still, so then after that, it's going to be 25 million and 50 million. And it, you, yeah, you like you, you can't go overnight. So even myself, like we hit a million dollar business in less than two years when we first started. And that's when I knew that I was going to do this kind of like full time. And once I hit that million, I was like, okay, like now it's go time. Right. So you can hit that million in your first 18 months, a year, two years. I know people who have done it in like eight months, which is incredible. Um, but that's just the starting point, right? So you really have to one think about what success means to you. Um, like if, if you're a one man show and you do a million in revenue and you take home 250,000 a year and you're happy with that, then great. It could be quicker than five, six years, but it's not sustainable. And that's what Brandon and I are saying. We both have companies and a majority of businesses have employees, um, or a team or an organization behind them. They can't just make that much and then just, go and and leave everybody out to dry. It's not sustainable. You have to be able to continue it and scale and ultimately have an exit. Um, And Brandon has had that. And so that's why we're talking about the fact that it's not overnight because you have to go and go and go. I know people who have sold businesses for $125 million and they're opening their next one. So you just have to keep that in mind when you are an entrepreneur. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to go buy that Lamborghini the next day after opening your business. No, not going to happen. And for the, I'll just uh, tee up the next one, which is on those exits. What you really need to understand is how much money the founders made in some of the companies that are funded by VCs, because you'd be shocked Mm -hmm. at the very low single digit, in some cases, low single digit percentage that the 
that the owners actually have on the exit. And you then have to understand how that money is distributed based on the rounds of funding that they raised and what the terms are. Because it's not just as straightforward as someone invested and they have 20% of your business. They may have a participating preferred, which means they get 20%. They they get their investment back. So let's say there's it's a $100 million exit. They invested $20 million and they own 20%. They might have a term in there that they get their investment back, $20 million, and then everyone splits the rest of the money, which is $80 million. So there's, I mean, that's a, a probably, all, not probably, is a whole nother episode series about funding and how that works and uncovering what that means. But don't always be starstruck by these numbers and, and say, oh, well, they're done. And look, I'm not, I'm not minimizing, like the people make millions of dollars, but it's not quite as much as you may think. And the amount of money that you need to retire on in the bank, you've just have to do simple math. It's 4% of whatever's in the bank. That's real. And people can argue, and there's been new theories recently. Like some people will say it's 3%. Some people will say, well, you can actually live off of five or six. Let's just use four to be safe. You do the math. So how many million do you need in cash after taxes in your bank account to live off of 4% to live to get the same amount of money or the the minimum amount of money that you need to live? Because a million dollars in the bank is only $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's $40,000 before taxes. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get taxed on that. So you just do the math and start to think about that. And maybe that's also some level of motivation for people because, you know, you get the 3 million, 4 million, 5 million, you start to get to a place where you're like, okay, I can make this happen. But, um, yeah, yeah. make sure that I guess the, 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 the message in there is make sure that you uncover the story behind the story mm-hmm. when the company started, right. When, uh, and how much money that can, these people are really making and understand what that path looks like. Yeah. It's so true. Um, I remember for the first two years before we even hit our first million, I was literally taking home $30,000 a year and people thought I had a successful business and I paid myself 30 grand for a year. And that was, that was, that was that. So, you know, it's not unrealistic and you're not a failure if that's what you have to do at first, you know, just pay your bills to get by. Um, when you're starting a business. So it's a great point. And um, you will get there. You will get to a point where you're not stressing and that you are able to take home a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or more, um, but it won't happen overnight. No, so I, go. I, I mean, just to say that I started File Finder right now, I have, I have no income from it. Mm-hmm. I get paid no money. So right. I would probably say it's 12 months away, if not 18 months away. So just be prepared. I'm not saying you have to work for no money. I'm just saying you've got to figure that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, And one other important point to do with this sexy or myth busting the sexiness of entrepreneurship. You see these entrepreneurs, myself included, going on these lavish vacations, you know, maybe going on a yacht for a few days. um, And what looks like maybe on social media that they are shutting off or they are out on vacation I am telling you, no business owner or entrepreneur 
100% ever shuts off, whether that is when they're on vacation, their weekends, um, holidays, whatever it may be. And we've all seen those articles that say, oh, you know, you need to take some time to, you know, mentally shut down and it's healthy and all. It is the hardest effing thing to do in the whole world, guys. And I'm being completely honest when I say this. Um, I'm at the home show this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My phone was going insane. Emails, phone calls, text messages. And that's just my direct stuff. That's not the company. And then um, Sergo and I, even on the weekends, on a Sunday, usually around noon, we'll go usually go for brunch. And then we spend a couple hours preparing for the week ahead. Um, even at dinner time, sometimes like we try really hard not to have our phones at dinner, but we're sitting there and we're talking with each other, enjoying a glass of wine, and our phones are going insane because it's an email, because our clients have just finished work and they have to, you know, talk to Sergo. Sergo's a mortgage broker. So he deals with his clients one on one where I don't, our company does. So I do the back end of things, but he still has to deal with clients one on one. So at nine o'clock at night and we're watching a movie, his phone's going off because the client's texting him saying, Hey, did you get my commitment from the bank? You know, and, and he has nobody to answer that for him. That's his job. And so there really is no shutting off. And on top of that, whether it's physical work that you actually have to do, you're talking to your clients. If you're self-employed, um, or like a solo entrepreneur or even myself, I know half the time I have to spend my evenings preparing documents for HR meetings or staff meetings or whatever it may be that are, that is my job. On top of that, it, you, you're never shutting off because it's your responsibility for the success of everything and everyone. That is your job as a leader. Again, whether you're a solopreneur, um, and it's just you or a whole crew, it is your job to propel this organization, this business, this, this, whatever you have going on forward. Um, my brain never shuts off guys. Like we're a multimillion dollar company. Do I really have to stress about if we're going to have clients next month or, or, you know, maybe this year being an, a stressful economic year? Not really. I, I think we'd be okay. However, I can't just sit, sit there and settle for that. I'm constantly thinking like, okay, we just did this home show. That should bring us a few more million in revenue. You know, if I do this, it's going to do this. And I'm constantly thinking like, how are we going to ensure that our marketing team is doing the right thing to get the right clients? Or am I doing the right thing with my employees to make sure that they're going to stay with us? And there's just, you're constantly thinking about these things to make sure that you're moving forward. You're increasing your sales, your team's expanding, you're there happy. And it honestly, you just never shut off. And if you're not thinking that way, you probably won't have a successful business. And I'm not saying that to be mean. But you, it's your responsibility at the end of the day. I am a, it's my job to make sure that my employees get paid, that they have a great job to come back to, that we have enough clients to give the money to the company to make all of these things happen. Uh, would you agree, Brandon? No, oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think the one thing I will say, just not to scare the living daylights out of people who may be listening to this thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or want to, to be, those who who do have a business will understand this, that there are moments you can, you you do check out. I, I just think mm-hmm. your point is you're not going to probably check out for 24 or 48 hours at a time. If you can do that, you know, great. 
But in the early first five years, it's really hard to actually do that. But there are moments, there are moments where you can check out for an hours at a time mm-hmm. if you sort of figure that out. And I think the thing I'll, an additional thing I'll add to this sort of to wrap it up is you are not going to have balance. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you just listen to Danielle talk about that, there's, it's very hard to have balance. And I just think that that expectation that is put out there by some marketing media, I talk about this a lot, is fake yeah. and it's unrealistic and it will make you feel like you're failing when you're not failing. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're, have you ever met, have you ever met anybody who's doing something extraordinary or achieved something extraordinary who has quote unquote balance between what they do, their family, their whatever else you want to put in the circle, the pie to, to divide up. It just, it's just a fact. It just takes an enormous amount of time and you are going to make sacrifices. And I think the real issue around that isn't that that's the way it is. It's that the media or whatever you want to talk, talk about, whoever says it, paints this picture. Everybody believes it, including the business owner and their family. And then it's like this disappointment. Instead of saying, hey, look, here's why we're doing, sitting down and saying, here's why we're doing this. It's going to, it can, mm-hmm. could, because there's risks here, do this for us. And it's going to cost us, in air quotes, this unbalance, my unbalance. Well, then at least, then at least the expectations are set. So there's not as much disappointment. Mm-hmm. But if you have kids or something like that, like make no mistake, you're going to need to figure out, you know, I don't, I don't think you want to miss all the soccer games because there won't be any more soccer games. Like you, you yeah. know, there's no rewind on this thing called life. So you do have to figure those things out, but understand that it's going to be very hard to be balanced. And I wouldn't even shoot for it. I just yeah. wouldn't even set that expectation. It's just not been that way. It it does, it does readjust and get better, but I mean, look at professional uh, athletes. They don't like, oh, well, basketball players don't say, oh, I I took enough shots the last five days, so I take five days off. Like, you you can't take five days off shooting. I mean, not to mention you're getting paid a lot of money to do that. So it's just not realistic to think Mm -hmm. that you're going to achieve anything great and have this perfect balance. So just don't shoot for it. And, And yes, maybe someone out there has done that. And there will always be exceptions to the rule. Oh, but yeah. But in general, you just have to, to not expect that. And I think if if you can take off everything that Danielle and I said today into heart and you're still willing to either continue running your business or to start one, then you'll be in good shape. Yeah. And, and you know, I do want to add to that last little note there that you said, Brandon, about not aiming for that that balance because it, it's not going to happen um right away when i first started i was literally and i've talked about this in other episodes and i'm not saying it's healthy and i'm not saying you need to do this but i was literally going to bed well i would wake up at around four o'clock i would go to the gym and then at 5 30 i would have to clean a dentist office before they opened at 7 30 then from 7 30 when they opened and i was finished cleaning it i would go to my next clients until about 9 10 o'clock at night and that is what i did for almost two years to get to that first million 
of, of our company. And that's really when I knew it was real. It wasn't healthy. I was not a healthy human being, but that's what I did. And then from there, it got better. You know, now most of the time, maybe except for yesterday or, you know, another random day, most of the time I can wake up at my time and I enjoy early mornings and I wake up and I go on my Peloton. I have a nice hot shower. I have my vanilla latte. I do my gratitude. I do my prep for the day and it sets me up for success. So two, well, I guess four years ago, I wasn't doing that. You know, I was just a million dollar company then. And I, and I was killing myself to get there in that, those mornings. But then as it got better, as more revenue started happening and as the company grew, my mornings became my time. But that doesn't mean that when I'm not on or when I'm on that Peloton, I'm not getting emails from an employee calling in or a client who's bitching or like God knows whatever. And it, it still happens. So though it can get better, it still will be interrupted. There will still be days when you're exhausted and you can't do that because you're catching up from the weekend. So, um, you just, you can't have a hundred percent expectations and the fact that it's going to be black and white and clear blocks of time. Um, I had a friend who was trying to start a business and they believed that, um, work-life balance was so important and that they didn't want to start their day until 10 a.m. and they were done at 4 p.m. Well, all of their clients talked to them before 10 a.m. and after 4 because that's when they're finishing and they wouldn't answer phone calls or emails before and after those times. I mean, great will when it comes to boundaries, but you're not going to grow a business that way. And guess what? Now the business isn't there and now they're back working um, a corporate job which is now eight to five. So, you know, you just have to really think about, about what you're going to do. Like I know Sergo gets very annoyed sometimes when his clients are emailing and calling him at nine o'clock at night. Um, he may not answer the phone, but he will text them back and say, you know, here's an update. Um, and people will say, oh, well, you have to, you know, respect your boundaries. But when you're first building a business, it's really hard because if you start saying no too many times to the clients that are, are feeding you, um, you're not going to have a business and it's not, it's not going to grow. So I just wanted to add that little bit of information. Like, like Brandon said, don't think that you're a failure because your clients text you at midnight. Like it, it's going to happen. It's the way it happens. So if you are still excited about being a, a business owner after this episode, <laughs> or you are still excited about owning your own business, then that was our intent. It's not to discourage you. It's just to say, set your expectations. And most of life is about expectations and then being disappointed. So if your expectation is you're going to be riding on that, they got a, I think they have a new G850 now, which is an incredible jet. But if you think you're going to be riding on that jet right away and then you're not, then you're going to be disappointed. That's going to cause anxiety and stress. And then you're going to think you're a failure and you're going to go down this, this road. So this is not going to happen. And if it does happen for you, Danielle and I are rooting for you and we want to see that playbook. Yeah. And it probably will happen for occasionally for someone somewhere, but it's just not the norm. And you've sort of got to plan on on more around the, uh, not the odds, but worst case scenario so that you don't get disappointed and then it's all upside from there. Mm -hmm. So good episode, Danielle. If you, anybody has any comments or, I don't know, suggestions for Danielle's and I life that this sounds <laughs> awful right now. Then put it put it in the show notes or comments. Good episode, Danielle. You too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everyone.